This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs The Playbook, and I have a dear friend of mine. I could not wait for this podcast because John Gordon has brought light to my life. We have a lot of similarities, but yet differences. But the oneness in our relationship pervades everything else. He's a best-selling author, speaker, president of the John Gordon Companies. But most importantly, I consider him one of my closest friends. Welcome to the playbook, John. Dave, I love you, and I love being with you. Uh, well, you're in the right place. We're in the Mutual Admiration Society, and your newest book has rocked my world. You got a whole line of books behind you, and there's even more uh, that have impacted millions of people. But this newest one is aligned, no surprise, uh, with my own mission as well as my own interest. And it's called The One Truth. Um, and it aims to show how our state of mind of one simple nuance uh, duality of life from the oneness and the separation uh, that occurs in the universe, the world, or with God, who is, and we share, the one that brings us all together. Uh, you know, where did this take place, this inspiration for a book to tell this one truth that I know has impacted your life? Well, it's so funny. We were talking about it New Year's Eve, and I remember saying, I can't wait for you to read this book because I think it's going to impact you and touch your soul and and reach you in a, in a certain way because it, it did for me. It happened, Dave, from, from walking, like walking and praying, and the ideas just started coming to me. And I realized that everything came down to oneness and separateness. And once I realized that, I was actually throwing everything through that lens saying, does this make sense? Yes. Does mental health make sense? Of course, because when you move from oneness to separateness, you move from positive to negative. And all mental health disorders report feelings of aloneness, isolation, disconnection, and feeling of being separate. So that made sense. Relationships, when we are one in a relationship, we have love and connection. We're a powerful team. When we feel weak and separate and divided, we become a very powerless team, a very weak team. And so everything can be explained in terms of that. So, so on my walks, these ideas just kept coming and coming and coming. And I started writing them down. I was sharing them with different people, people that we know. I was sharing them with a lot of pro athletes, a lot of NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball coaches, college coaches just sharing these ideas in terms of mental health, in terms of high performance, mental toughness. And then I was like, wow, like these guys are resonating with it so much. And then I started sharing in my talks for the past year. You, I believe, heard one of those talks. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I got to write this book because it's impacting lives. And so I just feel fortunate that these ideas have come through me. I, I think a friend said it best the other day when he read the book. He's like, I am blown away. I thought I knew everything you knew because I read all your other books, but this is nothing like your other books. And that was really what was meant to happen. I was meant to write something new, something fresh. And I really believe these ideas are revolutionary. And there's so many books out there that talk about more and they talk about competing and they talk about all the aspects of separateness. And the biggest shift in my paradigm where this alignment between you and I occur is one in which I started to realize in the idea of one truth and the idea of oneness and the idea of God, I am. And I do a lot of research and a lot of studying about those two words. It was first given to me in the 11th grade at AP English 
when I read Kierkegaard in Existentialism. And through my ignorant arrogance, I told my professor, because I did get an A in the AP English course, I get I am. And now I'm 55 years old. And all that I get about I am is that I am happy, healthy, wealthy, worthy. I am one. What am I doing to interfere with that oneness and that fear at the AR is truly what I've uh, taken from the book when I read it to recognize the interference between us and the oneness. What are some of the negative thoughts? I think you call them the five D's uh, that interfere with the oneness and potential that we've been inherited. Yeah, you, you talked about God, like we are meant to be one with God. We were meant to be connected to our creator. When we're not connected, we don't feel quite right. When we have a hole in our soul, H-O-L-E, we know there's something wrong. We know we're missing something. We know that there's separation that's happening. And we know that we're trying to find that feeling that we actually get when we feel one, that peace, that joy, that love, that purpose, that confidence, that courage and power that you feel when you are one. And then when you feel separate, you don't feel so great. You feel disconnected, anxious and worried and fearful and chronically stress all the time. And so we are meant to be one. And yet there's this force always trying to divide us and separate us. And there's this power of God always trying to unite us back to himself to remind us, no, you are one, right? I am. You are a part of me. You are a spirit. I am spirit. You're meant to be one spirit with me. And yet we have this feeling all the time and this, this, um, this belief a lot of times that we are separate because we're believing the lies. And the five Ds that come in are part of the lies that are always deceiving us, making us feel more separate. And they come in the form of the first D, which is doubt. And then there's distortion, which are negative thoughts that will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. And a quick story in that, David, I was talking to a 16-year-old who was really struggling with his mental health. He was in the ER two nights before I write about this in the book. And he was having so many negative thoughts. And I said, are they coming from you? He said, yes. I said, really? He said, yes, they're in my head. I said, who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Would you ever choose a negative thought? He's like, no, I wouldn't. I said, they're not coming from you. Neuroscientists have never found a thought inside of a brain. When you're dreaming, having a nightmare, you're not choosing those thoughts. They're just coming in. And those thoughts separate you. They discourage you, which is the third day. They distract you, which is the fourth day. And that fifth day is divide or division. And they divide you. And the root for the Greek word of anxious means to separate and divide. And so when you're anxious, you feel separate, you feel divided. So now he understood his negative thoughts were not coming from him. And he stopped beating himself up for the thoughts that were in his head because he was feeling guilt and shame for those negative thoughts. Once he understood this, everything changed. Within a day, this kid was turned around. I mean, completely turned around. I reached out to him just recently. How you doing? Doing great, Mr. Gordon. High state of mind. Best feeling in the world to be able to share the truth with this kid, to let him know about how these Ds work. Doubt, distortion, discouragement, distraction that ultimately lead to division. And those five Ds lead to the 60, our demise. In a relationship, those five Ds, the lies, the negative thoughts, the distractions will lead to a divorce. And with a team, it leads to a defeat. So the key in life is I have to overcome these five Ds as a team, we have to overcome these five Ds as we move away from separation and move towards oneness. And in the context of oneness and this positivity and potential 
of pursuing our potential and our truth lies is gratitude, something uh, that is in the cornerstone and foundational principles of both of us in past books that we've written as well. Gratitude has played an integral part in being positive. Uh, for you, how does gratitude interplay? I know I read some stuff on Twitter on the ways to be positive, and it seemed each of the pieces of advice that you had given, gratitude seemed to be uh, in the spine of each of the advices that you've given. How does gratitude play that role? It's, it's always there because we have to tune into the positive and tune is trust and truth. That's the T. U is unite with love. N is neutralize the negativity and E is elevating your thinking. So we have to tune into the positive. And how do we elevate our thinking? You and I both intuitively knew it was gratitude. It wasn't really necessarily in, in the research that came later. Now we have positive psychology research, but for centuries and thousands of years, we've understood the importance of gratitude. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in most, most spiritual traditions. And I truly believe what happens is as we are practicing gratitude, we're moving away from self, thinking that we are the source of us and what we should be grateful for. And we're moving towards oneness as we are appreciative of the one who actually gives us all and the one that we should be thankful for for having it all and giving it us all. And so we're truly appreciative. We realize like it's humility as well. Like there's a God and it's not me. And so, so that makes me humble, but also makes me grateful for everything that I have in my life. And then when you're even grateful for the challenges in your life, will you realize that every challenge is actually there for a reason too. It helps us grow. It helps us grow stronger. And sometimes it's even a test. It's a test. Everything in life is a test, a test. Will I choose the lie or will I choose the truth? Think about that. Am I going to live the one truth or will I believe the lie that I'm separate? And everything in life will test you. And so you have a choice every day whether I'm going to choose the lie and move towards separation or tune into the positive and move towards wholeness and oneness and power and peace. Yeah, and that choice really is understanding gratitude with its relationship and faith. Uh, I tell people all the time, it's easy to have gratitude for the past, uh, even the past challenges as they've unraveled in the concept of God protects and promotes us, loves us more than our own moms. It starts to become easy to understand gratitude for the past where most people, especially today with all the outside noise is gratitude of the future is faith, gratitude in something of unknown nature like God is faith and, you know, helping people choose gratitude for the future instead of fear of the future is a huge uh, hurdle, uh, whether it's on the field, which you're one of the kings of the industry and in sports of the biggest and best coaches and best teams in the world, or if it's just a 16 year old who's depressed because they have no faith in the future, only fear. How do you help people understand gratitude of the future? Mm. To me, that's understanding where your power comes from. And the more I am one with God and I'm connected to the creator and I trust in God, I trust that God has a plan for me. I trust that everything is working for my good and for, for the plan that God has for me, whatever that plan is. And sometimes that plan does include adversity and struggles. Like for me, 
when I wrote The Energy Bus, I had to struggle a lot. It was rejected by over 30 publishers. I had to overcome a lot. I went on a book tour to 28 cities where five people showed up and 10 people showed up. It wasn't like I had instant success. I've lost both my parents and I miss them tremendously, but I don't blame God for losing my parents. I know that he has a plan and his ways are beyond my ways. And I know that this world that we're living in is just an energetic reality. And it's a, it's a, it's a temporary reality, but the essence of who we are, our soul and our spirit, that is what is eternal. And so my eternal soul, my eternal spirit that God has placed within me is grateful for the eternal creator, the eternal soul, the eternal spirit. And in that eternal gratitude, I have faith in what that intelligence beyond my comprehension has for me and what that creator believes for me and ultimately is using me for. So I always say, God, your purpose, not my purpose, your will, not my will, use me, guide me, show me the way and I will follow. And so to me, that's being grateful for where you are, but also excited and grateful about where God is taking you. But the more you're one with God, you, you, you really start to have that connection, that peace and that joy and that understanding of purpose. Like, as I said, love and purpose flows from oneness. The minute I, I feel one, I, I automatically have more love because God is love. So if I'm one with God, God's love becomes my love. His nature becomes my nature. If I am one with God, his purpose starts to be revealed through me because God created me for a purpose and on purpose. So purpose is his nature and then purpose becomes my nature. See, the problem is so many people feel separate from God. They feel disconnected as a result of that. That's why they feel so anxious because they know they have a purpose and you're not, they're not connected to it. So there's a pain between the oneness and the separateness and in the gap. They so often try to fill it with so many other things and artificial things and fake things when it's really the love and the purpose and the oneness that they want. That's why when they read this book and they can understand it and practice it, it's literally going to change, I believe, the course of their life and how they move forward in this world. And I wrote it so that people will live with power, the power that God has given you, his power, and in the oneness, he gives you his power to accomplish his will, to do amazing things on this earth instead of you feeling disconnected and weak and going through life so anxious and timid like so many do. And, you know, both of us being on the same path and researching very similar uh, texts. I am a fan of studying history, especially religious texts uh, way back from Sanskrit to the Course of Miracles, Kabbalah, Old Testament, New Testament, Quran. Uh, I have found that about 99% of all religions are based off of oneness. They believe that there's something bigger than them that loves them more than their mom and protects and promotes them. Uh, my brother's a rabbi. Uh, I have talked to the biggest spiritual, religious, national, and cultural leaders in the world, as have you. And one of the frustrations that I have is that people utilize nationality, uh, culture, religion, and spirituality counterintuitively as a purposeful vehicle in which to separate the oneness in which cultures, nations, religions, and spirituality is based on the oneness that you and I share. Uh, how can we help reconcile within different religions, cultures, nationalities, um, and even spiritualities? How can we help reconcile people with the core foundational principle of oneness? That's such a great question because 
even in the Christian religion, they have all these denominations and then they actually feel more and more separate. And now they start fighting each other right. and competing against each other. You're nailing my question too. Yeah. And then you even and nail my question to the cross. This is beautiful. Yes. And then you even have <laughs> churches that actually are competing against other churches for congregation members and upset when some people leave or some people get more praise and, and recognition than others. It's like, no, no, we're all one and we're meant to be one. And this is where man comes in which is very different than god and this is why i love i love jesus because i'm a follower of jesus and, and i'm a jew who became a follower of jesus and the reason why is because jesus didn't come to establish a religion he came he came to establish a relationship you said all these religions believe in a god that that loves them but actually i asked erwin mcmanus this the other day who has studied this like no other about this very question he said actually most religions, all religions basically are, you have to earn God's love. It's about earning. God doesn't just love you. You have to earn it and you have to do things to earn it. Jesus is, is the one that came and said, you don't have to earn my love that I'm actually going to heal you because of the pain you experience, because of the burden you have, because of the hole in the soul that you have. And I'm going to come make you whole. And so it's not about earning God, God's love. It's about you are already loved. And all these other religions don't necessarily talk about healing the hole in our soul. I asked a friend the other day who's a Buddhist, and I used to practice Buddhism, what about the hole that you have in your soul? Do you agree that you have one? And he said, yeah, I have one. I said, well, how do you heal it? Because self-love isn't enough. Self-love is only as good as you are. So self-love doesn't heal the God-sized hole that you have. Only a God of love and forgiveness can actually heal the hole that you have in your soul. And that's God's purpose. That's why Jesus came to heal the hole in our soul. And that's for everybody. That's not like, oh, my religion's better. This religion's better. It's the only thing that explains the love and forgiveness that heals the hole that we have and the healing that we need. Think about this. If you just believe in a higher power, and Erwin and I were talking about this as well, we were talking about higher power. And in relational psychology, what research shows is that you heal in a loving relationship. So Erwin said to me, can you heal with a stranger? I said, no, it has to be a loving relationship. He said, well, if God is a stranger, then you really can't heal in that relationship. It's a personal God. And that's different. A personal God that loves you. Coming from the Jewish faith, God's not really a personal God. God is so great. You can't even see God's face. If you do, you will die if you see his face. Jesus is the personal God of love and forgiveness that comes to truly heal. And I didn't talk about this to try to bring a sermon to this no, message, no, no, I, but as we're, I but as we're talking about the, the differences is that, and really, cause I've explored, I've thought, cause how do we get to oneness? If we really have the hole and the separation, and if there is a hole and the hole has come about because of the wounds that we've had, because of the pains we've experienced, how do we ultimately heal it? And you can ask for forgiveness of God and we would do Yom Kippur and we would fast and so forth. And again, the New Testament is the way forward in this prescription to say, okay, you used to have to do this and go through a priest. Now you can just do it with you and God. And that's the point and that's the plan going forward. I like it a lot better than uh, having to fast to atone for my sins. It's a lot easier <laughs> to just do it on a personal level. Let me finish up with something uh, since this is entrepreneurs the playbook and you and i share so many uh, similar beliefs um which are so important but all that we do say think 
believe and feel at an inspirational level uh, aren't effective in the healing of the whole and the soul unless we have one tremendous characteristic uh, here in man-made constructive time as human beings with the vessels that we've been given and it's consistency Hmm. Uh, in order to effectuate even our inspiration we have to be consistent with it Um, how does consistency we know how it plays a role on the football field on the baseball field you and i have both spent many many years teaching people about consistency in the workforce but how does it work in the idea of oneness to be consistent at being at one wow that's such a great question well one is about being consistently aware aware of the importance of oneness and aware when you're feeling separate like the other day i'm i'm walking and i'm on the phone and i'm walking down the road in in santa monica and the big old truck came and it was loud interrupted my conversation so i yelled at the truck i'm like come on quiet down and i yelled at the truck and i just realized did i just yell at that truck outside (laughs) me allowing the experience outside to affect my inner world and I did, because in that moment, I was looking outside, not inside. I was looking at separateness instead of oneness. So, David, we, we, we live in a world of duality. And because we live in this temporary reality, which is a world of duality, at, the God, at God's level, it's all one. In this world, there's light and dark. There's good and evil. We're always going to experience the resistance of the evil, the, res- the resistance of the bad, the resistance of the challenge. So... That is part of the human journey is to go through this world and obviously know when you're looking outside instead of inside. Know when you're actually feeling separate. Know when you look at social media and it separates you. Knowing when someone upsets you or says something that that person really has no power over you because they have no power. In essence, we are actually one. And so the more I recognize the oneness and they recognize the oneness, the more that connection now brings forth healing instead of a divide. And, and and making it feel like a now discontent. And so the more we actually recognize this in this journey, the key is to consistently move towards oneness, be aware of it, but then do things on a daily basis that allows us to experience it, to feel it. Like my thank you walk every morning. I've done it for over 18 years now. Every morning I take that thank you walk. That sets the tone for the day. I just brought up Jesus, but I was thinking about this. If that's the answer and the solution to the separation, then why do so many Christians struggle with their mental health? Why do so many not act like they follow Jesus? Why are so many be considered hypocrites at times? And the reason is because they're not actually tuning into the spirit on a daily basis. They're not allowing their soul to bathe in the spirit and surrender and pray and tune and experience wholeness. And because they're not doing that, they might be saved spiritually from, from their belief, but their soul still needs healing. And no matter what religion you are, our souls all need healing. And if you don't consistently do the things that allow it to heal every day, if you don't want to allow your mind to be renewed, and guess what? Our minds need to be renewed now more than ever. If we're not taking the time to renew our minds with the spirit, with prayer, with love, with gratitude on a daily basis, connecting to our greater power, the God who loves us, what happens is over time, more of the world comes in and you start living from the flesh and the world instead of the spirit. And the more that happens, the more we actually have a soul that actually becomes fearful, anxious, worried, disconnected, and more wounds in the soul. 
So what is a wound but separation? So the whole point of life is, am I going to go through life living by the flesh and have this wound grow further and further apart? Or am I going to allow the spirit to heal me and move closer and closer together? And that's the way I vision it every day is tuning into that positive, tuning into that greater power each day. But it has to be consistent. There's enjoying that consistent, persistent pursuit of the oneness of our potential that heals our soul. That's why this book is so essential to understand one truth. Master your mindset, live with the power, heal your soul, identify what's interfering with you and the unbelievable God that we live through, to and through. Uh, listen to the Positivity, uh, the Positive University podcast. Most importantly, John Gordon, thank you for bringing us all together and helping as a catalyst heal our soul. Be part of us, be part of one, read one truth. I promise you, you won't regret it. John Gordon, anytime, anywhere, please join me. Best-selling author, speaker, my man. He is a force to be reckoned with, empowering others to empower others to be happy and to be one. Come back soon. I love you, my friend. Thanks for joining me. This is David Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.